0: Welcome everybody. This is Elaine Taylor Klaus with Impact ADHD, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guest today for, for today's interview with my my friend and colleague Alan Brown of ADD Crusher and CrusherTV.com. Uh, you know, I've known Alan. Diane and I met Alan at a CHAG conference many years ago now, and he has become one of our one of our one of my dearest colleagues in the ADHD community, and has really branched out beyond. ADHD to to talk about broader issues of of self-management and productivity and self-organization. He'll tell you a little bit more about it, Um, but I have never had an encounter with Alan that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed and been excited to share, so I'm I'm thrilled to welcome you, and today we're going to talk about From Strong-Willed to Willpower. And see what wisdom you have to share with parents about how they can take strong-willed kids and help them access the willpower power that's in it. So, welcome, Alan.
1: Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Yay! So, um, so tell us a little bit about because I, I don't get I didn't get it quite right what you're doing and how this sort of leads you into be talking about willpower and motivation and and all this.
1: Well, um, as you mentioned, Elaine, I, I created A.D. Crusher. Uh, videos which are um, uh, sort of uh, instructional, virtual coach videos for ADHD teens and adults. But um, last year, I created a, a TV show where I teach. It's called Crusher TV, where I teach what I call productivity brain hacks, and these are just simple ways of flipping switches up in your brain to open the door to action, to uh, getting more done, in less time with, with less drama. And one of the The kind of key tenets of what I'm doing is everything's got to be research-based, and there's been a lot of research done um, recently on willpower, and I thought this would be a great topic for your audience because not only for a parent who's, you know, often working and running a household, often (laughs) plus with the differently wired kids, uh, willpower is a really important thing to understand and have at one's disposal, but also... Uh, it's something where uh, a parent's understanding of willpower, how it works, uh, how to kind of uh, boost it, um, it, can be imparted to their kids. So I wanted to talk about this, and you know, you you mentioned our, our kind of working title, which is strong-willed to willpower. Um, and you know, I think it was it was you that 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 said that that so many of our parents. Uh, Say that well, my kid is just so strong-willed, though. But you know, um, I, you know, yeah. we we would take this tack, but they're just this this one is just so strong-willed. And the strong-willed kind of has a double edge to it, right? Because strong-willed can mean heels dug in, stubborn. No, I'm gonna not gonna do that. But strong-willed can also have that positive side, which is, man, my kid is strong-willed. Once he or she gets a notion to go do something, they just go. They're so strong-willed. And I believe that willpower is one of those keys that can turn the bad strong-willed into the good strong-willed. So yeah. if you will, I'm just going to do like just a willpower research 101, all right? I and love and that. this will be very brief. Yeah, <clears throat> as I mentioned, there's been a lot of research done on this uh pretty recently, and um, some of our listeners may have heard of psychologist Kelly McGonigal, um, and she um, – has uh, 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 sort of put together a a range of meta-research that basically, in a nutshell, says the following. One, willpower is a muscle. It's not like you are either born with it or you you just don't have it. It's something where the more you exercise it, the bigger and stronger it gets. Uh, But almost more importantly, willpower is like a battery cell or like a, a fuel tank where, for the most part, we all wake up in the morning with kind of a full tank. Now, granted, um, you know, there are instances where if you are, obviously, if you are depressed or if um, you are having difficulties with sleep, you're not going to, you know, feel anything like you have a full tank. But um, for all intents and purposes here, you've got a full tank of willpower, and that tank gets um, uh, siphoned off throughout the day. (laughs) Right. And every time you use your willpower, it is burning some of that fuel. So it's important just to kind of establish that research. And if a parent so can I, just, can I just understands that basically. Sure. So,
0: so what you're saying is every morning when I choose to, to make myself a green smoothie over a donut or a sweet treat for, for breakfast, I'm already starting to deplete my tank.
1: <laughs> that is absolutely right. In fact. Okay. One of, the, one of the, any time you make a decision, you are depleting your, uh, uh, your willpower store. And I'll just give you one quick wacky example. This, they say, is one reason why very successful people wear the same sort of uniform every day. Think of Steve Jobs. Think of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Think of uh, Sir Richard Branson. They basically wear the same thing. That is one less decision they need to make every day. And believe it or not, it's actually shown that it it's actually preserves some of your willpower by not having to make that decision. So, yes, and the tougher the decision, the more willpower it burns. Now, mm-hmm. the, the key thing, and I'll, I'll sort of quote uh, Kelly McGonigal here. Uh, she says, knowing how and when you are likely to give in allows you to support yourself and avoid the traps that lead to willpower failures. So with that, you kind of got to get in touch with when you are low on fuel because when you're low and you don't acknowledge it, it's like a triple whammy of you'll, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to burn additional fuel, and then it's going to crush your confidence when you're not getting any results from your effort. So how do you know when you're low? Well, the, the, the three most the three biggest times when you are low on willpower is when you are hungry right your glycemic count is low you don't have any glucose for your brain um and and also that's the time when you are likely to make bad decisions with regard to food you are likely to go for that donut rather than the uh you know the 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 yogurt or something like that um excuse me also when you are angry when you are angry, mm-hmm. of course, sending cortisol through your uh, bloodstream, and that is weakening your willpower. And the other is when you are uh, fatigued or sleepy or, or just kind of grumpy. Um, so knowing when you are running low allows we you... We call
0: that hangry, right?
1: <laughs> Hungry oh, and angry.
0: That. We call it hangry in our house. <laughs> I love that. And now you've given me scientific proof.
1: <laughs> Indeed. So watch out for the hangries because when... And this is important you know a for for our parents out there to know when they are hangry or you know tired or otherwise fatigued because they they can know that their willpower will be tested with regard to their diet but also with regard to how they are reacting with their kids and it's also important to be able to see your child from that through that lens to go you know what um, she actually hasn't eaten in about three hours, and she, she may actually be, be being strong-willed because she's a little bit hangry, et cetera. So it's good to just have a higher sense of, of this awareness. Um, but, you know, the, yeah, the and more
0: – Just a quick strategy for parents. We often encourage parents to keep what we call a trigger journal. Um, and that's oftentimes what parents come up with is exactly what you're pointing to, is is usually the triggers happen when the kids are hungry, angry, or tired um, or rushed. That would be another one I might add. I don't know if the research has gotten there yet, but um, yeah. there's a, a sense of external pressure, right? That's
1: interesting. Um, and when that's you recognize
0: that, you can anticipate it and begin to shift, shift, bring snacks with you, take the break, whatever it is.
1: That's neat. I hadn't heard that, and I'm going to guess that that be, that sense of being rushed is a lot is akin to being angry because mm-hmm. you're probably sending cortisol. You know, your stress hormones are going off. So, but that's a, that's a neat one. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously there are ways to kind of alleviate these states. Obviously, you know, eating. You definitely want to get protein, uh, napping or or meditation or, or quieting the mind otherwise, or just you know taking a break to let, uh, let everything settle down. Um, and there's a really powerful way to do that settling down, and, and I call it the PP-478, which, which is not to be confused with poo-poo 24-7. It's, they're completely different things. <laughs> um, only babies do the latter, and we adults and our teens can do the, 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 the former. And PP-478 stands for uh, pause and plan, Four seven eight, and what that means is, obviously, we all know as, as folks in the ADHD space that the power that we know the power of the pause, just the ability to stop and go, okay, what's going on here before I do something impulsive, before I yell at my kid, before I you know zoom through this yellow this you know yellow just about to turn red light, or whatever that is, we know the power of the pause. Well, when you can uh, pause and. Allow yourself a moment to, to think ahead, to plan a little bit. And in that space, do what um, uh, is called the four seven eight breathing method, which is you breathe in through your nose four counts. You hold it for seven counts, and then you breathe out through your mouth with a little bit of back pressure for eight counts. It actually resets your uh, willpower fuel tank. It doesn't, may not fill it up all the way, but it definitely tops off your tank just a little bit. And the, the reason this is so powerful is because the, kind of the opposite of pausing and planning is fight or flight. That's when you're rushed to get out the door. That's when you're angry. That's when you're, you're tired and hungry and more likely to be angry uh, or feel rushed. Um, this, this is triggered by stressors, in, including hunger and, hunger and fatigue and frustration, as I mentioned. And when you, feel, when you feel that impending stressor, you can avoid that fight or flight. And enter that P and P or the the pause and plan by just doing this very simple exercise. And I know Elaine is someone who is a uh, a yoga expert. You know that this comes from uh, Vedic or Ayurvedic uh, uh, traditions.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't. I would no longer call myself a yoga expert, but I will say that that the, I'm always amazed at the power of the breath and how much we can shift our energy. By paying attention to the breath for a relatively short time, I mean it really has a lot of a lot of impact.
1: Yeah, and needless to say, look, if it were easy to find that pause and identify that pause and just stop yourself, everybody would be doing it. But right. just know that 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 if we can just raise our consciousness a little bit about this, um, and just know that, for instance, when we are feeling like, oh, geez, I really don't want to do this, or man, I'm feeling a little bit grumpy. If you can just kind of catch yourself there a little bit and do a little bit of just try and pause, do a little bit of planning and maybe do that exercise, you will be amazed at how restorative that is. And another thing to be more aware of is what's called your ultradian clock. And we're all yeah. familiar with our circadian clock. This is the the rhythm that guides our sleeping and waking. But the ultradian clock is a more fine clock that that uh, rules the rhythms of our Day throughout the day, our output and our rest and restoration, and our Altradian clock tends to work on 90-minute work phases or engagement phases, and then 20-minute rest or restorations. And when you, excuse me, when you um, or your child has been going, let's let's just say at the end of the school day, where the last two hours of school may have been particularly intense, if there isn't a 20-minute or some kind of restoration break there and, you know, we're trying to get our child to do something or or behave a certain way or follow through with something, um, if we're not aware of the fact that, you know, there are these rhythms, you are more likely to uh, come up against a strong-willed in the negative way uh, situation. Uh, so just yeah. think about, and think about your own Ultradian clock. I mean, for instance, when you are at work or when you are doing, uh, um, housework or when you are paying the bills, for instance, uh, know that your body wants to work in these 60 to really 90 minute, uh, phases and then it really wants you to rest. And during that rest, of course, you can do a little PP478.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, so many things come up for me as you're saying this, but but really, it's it's so much of it is about um, recognizing what is happening and and understanding what's natural and normal, and then sort of making the making the most of what works for us instead of resisting it and creating upsets. And you know, I, I hear oftentimes we we have parents that come to us and they're struggling with getting the kids started for homework. You know, and in our model, we talk about activating the brain and where is the brain in in the process in the system you're trying to create and what you're describing dovetails so beautifully into it because there's this sense mm-hmm. that what's happening is um there as you're describing their fuel tank is is depleted and um and the brain's not ready to do the work and so before they sit down to start their homework after school these kids really need a break, a snack, a play, a, you know, they need they need a, a, something different before they get back to the, to the rigor of work. Um, and understanding that and accepting that can be hard for parents who are trying to get it done.
1: By the way, and, you know, sort of, sort of uh, you might say proof of this, uh, this rhythm is that so often when we, when we don't want to do something uh, and then we actually just kind of push ourselves into it and we get into it, 15 minutes later we're kind of sailing along in it. And that may yeah. often be because we've cycled through. Uh, the need for that restoration, and now we've gone into another ultradian work cycle. So there's a little bit of potential evidence for that. And The one last thing that I'll share with regard to flipping strong-willedness of the negative kind to strong-willedness of the positive kind by way of willpower is is what's called goal contagion. And this is kind of like a a disease contagion. This is where we see others pursuing a goal, and we get swept up to it into pursuing that same goal. you know. So, for instance, the more you read about successful business people's pursuit of their goals, the more effortlessly focused you will be on yours. Again, this is scientifically based stuff, and it's called goal contagion. And the, the upshot from this, and I know, Elaine, you'll be able to elaborate this more with your expertise in, in the parent-child relationship, but to the extent that you can formulate goals that you both hold, that you both agree yeah. on... Um, it becomes a, and you know, I'll throw this into, you know, um, we know about the power of accountability buddies and the the body double as, as coaches, we know how powerful it is to have someone there with us when we are trying to pursue something. You know, if you have a personal goal as a parent, it's pretty cool if you were to, uh, make your child, uh, your accountability buddy, um, think about the, the power of that in not only uh, practicing what one preaches, but showing a child that there is a mechanism for increasing both of your respective willpowers.
0: You know, a great example of that, is I, I, Diane was talking about it in one of our for, in our private members' forum about using her kids as an accountability partner when she was trying to to learn to calm down and stop yelling. You know, years ago when she started doing this work, um, mm-hmm. was getting them because the kids have an invested a vested interest in her not yelling, and so she really, instead of, you know, being closed off to them about it, she really opened up to them about what she was working on and got their buy-in to it. It was really powerful.
1: Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: So we just have a couple of minutes left, um, and you know, such good stuff here. Here, some some really solid. Understandings about what is it that makes willpower work, what doesn't, what interferes with willpower, what depletes our, our stores. Um, it makes me think about a, a, a concept we teach that there's an, and I'll link to it from from this um, on code words and you know helping kids raise kids awareness about these issues themselves and letting them see what happens when they're hungry or they're angry or tired, not in a judgmental way, but as an opportunity to stop and slow down and take care of themselves and what needs to be taken care of. Um, so there's a lot of such great stuff here. So uh, as great. we sort of close up a little bit, we've got about two minutes left. What, how do you want to wrap it up? What's, what other messages come up? What's, what do you want to leave us with?
1: Well, I'll, I'll take us back to the top of this where I, I mentioned that the first thing to know about willpower is that it, it, it is a muscle and you do have to practice it. Um, and I'll quote actually a, a coach, is one of our affiliate coaches, uh, Beth May, and some of you may have heard of her. Uh, she says, anytime you don't feel like doing something, look at it as a perfect opportunity to practice your self-discipline skills. Catch yourself in the act of blowing something off and say to yourself, I really don't feel like doing this, but... Because I am working on self-discipline, I'm going to do it anyway and then do it. So it's a little thing, and you can practice on the little, the easier things. So I'll leave you with that nice quote well, and, and just and a reminder. So
0: I want to I riff on that, if I may, because, for you know, for parents, that's great for their own management. And what I would add to it is and verbalize it. Say it out loud. Let the kids know you're dealing with it. Let the kids know you struggle with sometimes not wanting to do what you got to do um, and that you're pushing through so that they – so that you're modeling it for them, and not just telling them to do it, but they see
1: when you're struggling with it as well. Yeah, and keeping in mind when you are when you're imparting this uh, importance of practice to to your kids, give them uh, simple, you know, r- sort of relatively easier uh, willpower challenges on which to practice this. You know, you don't go practice this on something like you know, uh, uh, studying for four hours straight. You know, you practice it on, on some of the easier things, like maybe taking out the garbage or, or something like that. And and it will, you'll start to see that, that muscle grow a bit.
0: Great. So Alan Brown, my dear friend and, and colleague, thank you, as always, for sharing your wisdom and your research and um, and your really true understanding of what it takes in this community for, for adults and kids to be successful. Um, tell, tell us how parents can find you again. To find out sure. More. You can
1: find me you can find me at addcrusher.com and there we actually we have a free ebook called Five Things You're Doing Every Day or That Your Child Is Doing Every Day That Makes Your ADHD worse. And I'll say two things about this ebook. One, you're doing all five of them every day. <laughs> and two, even if you're not ADHD as a parent, your child is doing these five things every day. So check out that free ebook at addcrusher.com.
0: And you can also get to Alan's site from a link on our web, website if you go to our uh, Friends of ADHD, of Impact ADHD site. There's a connection to Alan that way as well. So Alan, thank you again. Appreciate everything you do and look forward to the next conversation. Take care everybody. Thanks for listening.